0: Welcome to Deprogramming with your host, Terry Lynn, the show that explores mind control tactics used for millennia to shape our thoughts and beliefs. We dive deep with experts to understand the harsh reality of
1: what is really going on and how to unwind the damage. Here's your host, Terry Lynn.
0: Today I have with me Diane Benskoder. She's an author, a speaker, a workshop facilitator, and a former cult member of the Moonies, a group that many are familiar with. That's kind of the slang name for the unification church. They're known as being the Moonies. And now she sits uh, on the board and is the founder of antidote.ngo, which is an organization that helps people who have been involved in uh, controlling groups and um, does a lot for advocacy as far as what what I can see. Um, She's also written a book called Shoes, of a Servant, My Unconditional Devotion to a Lie, which I have read. I really enjoyed that. And you also started, um, set up a website, and I understand it's, it's been a few years on that one, but just equally as enjoyable and important called OwnYourBrain.org. And that is exposing the how, when, where, and why we can be manipulated. So you have a, a very interesting history and one that I unfortunately (laughs) can really identify with a lot of your story um, before, during, and after your um, experiences in that religious group is really what it was. And I wanted to have you on this first episode, the premiere episode, because of the experiences that we share. You're someone that I can identify with. And um, this whole subject of psychological manipulation, you come from a background where I experienced myself, and I felt like we could really have um, a connection there and camaraderie. Um, also, you talk about the science of it, and I thought that was really important to bring forward right at the beginning, especially the science of what happens to our brains, why this this happens. There's 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 reasons why there's patterns, and if you looked at you've looked at those too, and also you're involved with advocacy for those that uh, have had these experiences and they just don't involve religious cults or religious groups as we'll talk about. Um, but you're also prevention, you're into the prevention um, with your workshops, I would imagine, and um, just some of the, and I would, I would consider you a teacher. When you can facilitate workshops and you're a speaker, you are in that teaching kind of, um, your profession, you know, that genre there. So um, you see, mental manipulation as i thought this was very critical the most dangerous and powerful tool today that you
1: that is used to manipulate
0: and we're going to touch on that and many other things so i just wanted to welcome you to the show diane thank you so much for being here with me
1: thanks for having me and thanks for doing this important work that you're doing you are very welcome
0: so uh, I wanted to lay some groundwork uh, in this first episode, and I really wanted to have you on the show for this first one, and I really appreciate your acceptance of the invitation. Um, maybe what we can do first and is, is define some of the terms that you might be using or I might be using, and really you're going to educate me too on some of these things. But defining some of the terms um, like mind control, Psychological manipulation, which is something you talk about a lot in your work. Um, and anything else that might come up, uh, and understand how pervasive an issue, uh, the psychological manipulation is and, and we'll provide resources later. So let's first talk about some definitions of terms. So what is, let me, let me ask you what your definition of mind control might be. And I would guess that's probably pretty general.
1: Yeah. Um. Mind control is a term that's been used a lot in the anti-cult world over the course of uh, the last four or five decades. Um, it refers a, a lot to some work that different people have done around this topic. It, What happens with this type of manipulation is that it happens on a psychological level. And so I... Sometimes I I tend to use the term psychological manipulation more than mind control because I think it gets more to the heart of the matter. People think that it's just happening kind of on an intellectual level. And so a lot of times when someone has become entrenched in a worldview and a belief system that is cult-like, they seem irrational. They seem like they're not making any sense. And so people mistake that for being stupid or naive. And But really it happens. It's not just an intellectual thing. It's a psychological thing. Psychology is the study of, of emotions and thoughts and perceptions. So it it is a type of manipulation that takes advantage of people on a psychological level where they are thinking about how they perceive the world, where they are creating an identity for themselves, where they are feel if they're feeling lonely, or like they're confused about the world they live in, or they feel like they don't fit in, those are the kind of vulnerabilities that can be taken advantage of on a psychological level with types of manipulation.
0: And you just almost described every young person on the planet. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess that this is the the biggest population that's has the most vulnerability let's say um I was 18 and I think you were 17 when you were um approached you know by by the your group and my group and so you know young people have questions about life they they and usually you know in that youth you know you want to want to see change you know you notice some things and you know you just you kind of just want to get in there and jump into life and you have all this energy and aspirations and um that is kind of easily taken advantage of uh yes.
1: yeah. yeah it is it's um it's an interesting time of life because you're individuating you you've been under your parents' roof you've been you've trusted them and their opinions as a child and when you start to individuate and go into early adulthood and your teenage years and up to like your thirties, it's a difficult time because you really are trying to figure out who you are. And a lot of times, you know, people in that age bracket become, feel disconnected. They feel like they really want to have their own perspective of the world. And yet the frontal cortex, the part of the brain where decision-making happens is still being developed and so and the more primal uh, back part of the brain is is stronger and that's where impulse lives and more of a primal response and so a, a lot of times that's why young people get in car accidents and and think they're invincible uh, because there's they're going more on kind of instinct and and those primal desires and yet at the same time they really want to be an adult and have their own point of view so it's a good time to take advantage of people. It's interesting, though, that you mentioned that because right now in the world, the people that are coming to my organization for help are a different demographic because so many people have have fallen prey to conspiracy theories. And so a lot of the people that are coming and asking for help, it used to be the parents would come and ask for my help about their teenage or young adults uh, who have joined a religious cult of some sort. But now, oftentimes, it's people like in their fifties talking about their elderly parents who are spending six, eight hours on the internet, getting all riled up about conspiracy theories that they are attaching themselves to. So it's it's very interesting that it can happen at any time in life.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. I think this the information age with the internet and uh, you know the world seemingly becoming smaller and we're just so connected that um there's that opportunity you know yes. even more so when you're older and you know when you're older um w- even though we're we're super busy what are we busy with <laughs> you know it used to be you're busy with uh your family and getting together with people one-on-one and, and people are isolated now yes and so you know who are your friends your friends are you know who you're talking to on the internet and you don't know those people so um, right. right yeah So I noticed in some of your work, I don't remember where it was, um, but you mentioned five types of manipulation and um, maybe I can just go, kind of go over what I saw there and we can Mm -hmm. talk about some of this because, you know, people, people think that, you know, it it might be just a religious cult that we're talking about really manipulating or psychological manipulation, but you made a list here of five things and some things I hadn't talked about because we are not. In, in, in our series and even today, not just talking about the groups that are obvious. I'm also going to be talking about relationships or groups that can be not so obvious because we're all vulnerable to all of these things. And, and I would venture to guess that everybody has been involved in some sort of psychological manipulation in this like cult, like little, little group. So, so let me just, uh, I'll just list these five that I okay. saw. Uh, extremism. I think you kind of mentioned that with the conspiracy theories, religious, which we're all kind of familiar with relationship. That's interesting. Gangs and business. So maybe we can just talk about that a little bit so that people have an idea. And I'm sure that, you know, maybe uh, some other experts can put some more to this list, but this is the list that you have and I, I liked it. So we can talk a little bit about where some of these psychological, manipulative, manipulative groups Uh, Can be found in these categories.
1: Um, Let's start with business. Um, There's so many scams, and people take advantage of people on so many different levels. And you know, there's there's types of sales approaches that really play on people's emotions and try to take advantage of them that way. Um, And there's a lot lot of just outright scams out there. I just this last week was talking to a woman who. had been, she was on Twitter. She's in her 70s. She's on Twitter and, and Keanu Reeves supposedly started following her and they started talking and she really started to believe that Keanu Reeves was in love with her and that she would need to send money in to them because of his agent and they couldn't meet until she sent this money to protect him because he was under contract and she was absolutely convinced and ready to leave her husband. She just really got caught up in this and it was an absolute scam and I, I talked to her for hours and finally got her while I was talking to her to block this guy. Who, and I looked online, there's many people all over the world who are falling for this particular scam and these things are prevalent. There's so many ways that people get scammed out of money. So that's one. That's the business one, and religious religious uh, manipulation happens so often because it's such a powerful tool. It's happened throughout history, and when you can use kind of a mystical approach, convince someone that there's a mystique even around this that, or that God is, or whatever word is used for that is is telling the person who is their spokesperson on earth what to do, it's hard to it's hard to go against that. And that was in my particular case and yours too, is that religion is such so easy to convince someone that if they question this, it's because they're mere mortals, they're making a huge mistake and they just need to follow obediently and never question. And so it's a really power religion is a powerful tool. And um and then uh, what <laughs> remind me what were some uh well let's talk about extremism oh extremism yeah extremism is one of the most scary aspects because one of the most extensive forms of manipulation happens or most complete form of manipulation happens when someone is prepared to either take life or give life, give their life or take others' life for the sake of this cause. And so when someone straps a bomb on their body and detonates, it's not that they're horrible, they weren't born evil. They really believe that it is the best thing to do, that they will be rewarded in heaven or whatever the word for heaven is that's being used. And so extremism is a way to weaponize people, to make them believe that they should, they should be willing to give their life for this cause. And then to take advantage of that by actually coercing them or convincing them to, that it might be better if the other weren't on this planet. That's how the Holocaust happened. And so within all of these extreme types of manipulation, like cults and extremism and gangs, those are areas where us and them is prevalent. There's a them and there's an us. And we are the ones who feel, you get to feel self-righteous. You get to feel like you're part of God's soldiers. You get to feel like you are extraordinary and that you will go down in history as being a hero. Those kind of messages. And the other is evil and bad. And more the more that the other, anyone who opposes you, comes out against you the more you begin to hate them and eventually that hatred and that anger can be ter- can be again weaponized and can be um it can get to the point where you believe that it might be better if they didn't exist whoever that they are the other gang the um people who are against your religious belief or the other political party whoever it is uh, is the other. And so that runs throughout these types of manipulation.
0: Yes. I'm well, well, um, very familiar with the as and the them. Um, that was very strongly entrenched in my experience. Um, the relationship one, maybe if we can talk about that. And, and I, I, I must've, by the way, you, you have a great, um, collection of little short, little video clips, which is is great for most people because they don't, their attention span or their time is very limited. Um, And I just reviewed them again today, much of them. You gave a a great TED talk. And so I don't remember where I heard you speak about a lot of this stuff. That's why I'm not sure um, because I also read your book. But, um, you know, if anyone wants to check out some of your work, I would highly recommend it. Um, Those two websites to start with that I gave and we'll give it out later and also in the show notes are great place. So, but you did talk about somewhere <laughs> relationship, um, kind yeah. of controlling and, and I don't remember what you said. So maybe you can speak to that a little bit too. I, and let me just, let me just throw something out there is I would guess that this would also include like a relationship, like with a narcissist, someone like that, cause they're extremely controlling.
1: Yeah. There's two elements in, in, this kind of power control one is someone who is addicted to power and when you have an addiction you know like heroin or any addiction you just want more and more and more and you you lose your humanity really because you um the addiction becomes more important than your concern for the other person and so Mm -hmm. in relationships it can happen with a narcissistic type personality someone that believes They really should have power over another person. Maybe they uh, believe that because of their gender, or just because of they think they're smarter than, or that they are just addicted to power. They want to control your every move. They want to control your the way you view the world. They they want to dominate your life. And so, one thing I have found in in working with mental health professionals professionals who help people is that oftentimes. People who deal a lot with um, relationship abuse, domestic violence, uh, therapists who work in that field have most of what they need to help someone who's leaving a cult or other type of manipulative situation because they're dealing with the same types of control issues. And a person gives up their identity. They give up who they really are because they begin to believe that Maybe that person does know more than me. Maybe that person is smarter than me. Like gaslighting is one of the tools that is often used in an abusive relationship, make the person feel like they're stupid or wrong about everything. And so eventually you start to believe that. You start to actually internalize that belief system. And your self-esteem is is really harmed by that. And And you give up all of your power to the other person or to the organization or to the belief system. And so it's relationships are a place where a lot of times this type of abuse happens.
0: Yeah, I totally see that. And and I bet you not a lot of people would think of it that way as being um, well. Okay. So the this, this series is called deprogramming. And so, Um, We're talking, my series will be more talking about programs and the psychological manipulation is kind of how those things get in so the programs can run. So a lot of people wouldn't think of having a relationship and having that, kind of that program being instilled in that person very subtly. And it can happen so subtle and it can happen where, you know, someone looking on the outside can say, you can see what's going on here. Like in your case and maybe in my case, you know, what are you thinking? You know, so what happens? Why are we so unsure of ourselves and so untrustful of our intuitions? Um, I don't think I was that, I don't think I had an intuitive sense when I was 18 in my particular case that I was doing anything wrong that I, that it was to me, it was like, perfectly what i should have been doing. so my case was different but why do people what is your sense that why do people not listen to their intuition what is that doubt where does that come from is there anything in science that we know of that you did mention the frontal cortex which makes total sense. beyond that is there anything else you can think of?
1: well yeah i think i you know have i think psychological pain is something that we don't talk right. about in society. it's you know, we talk about mental illness, and we talk about, you know, physical conditions. But on a psychological level, it can become really pain. Life can become painful if you feel isolated, if you feel confused about the world you live in, and you're not sure who to trust. That's a type of pain. And so... Or you feel low self-esteem. You feel there's all this message in the world that you're supposed to look a certain way. You're supposed to be a certain way. You're supposed to be a, a have a level of success. Or you're not a good person. You And so that feeling when people can't reach that bar that society puts out there, a lot of people really feel less than and they don't feel good about themselves. And that's a type of psychological pain. And so... When easy answers are presented, when a community is offered up, when a sense of ability to have a worldview that makes you feel self-righteous, that pain goes away and is replaced with adrenaline-filled emotions. You suddenly feel way better. You suddenly feel connected to something bigger than yourself. You feel like your life has meaning. You feel a lot of good things instead of those things hard things that I was just describing. And so that's why it happens is that people feel better. That's that's really what it boils down to. And then when those control factors uh, are constantly being used to keep the person controlled, because if you want power, it's pretty powerful to control other human beings and to control yeah. their worldview and their decision-making processes. And so those control factors, those tearing down the person, and making them believe that you were nothing before this and now look now we're giving you everything so why are you questioning me remember how bad you used to be and that's why a lot of times there's like uh, religion especially uses confession like they m- make you always confess to things or feel bad about your sin or feel bad about yourself it happens in domestic violent type situations too and so you put the person down and and then build them back up. But through me, through this organization, through this mission, yeah. you can, now you feel better. And so you do, you, you don't want to feel bad about yourself. You want to feel better. And so you, you oblige and you continue to be more and more entrenched. And the more entrenched you are, the scarier it is to leave because it becomes your identity. Now it's not just a belief system or a worldview. Now it's who you are. And once it becomes your identity and you put yourself out in the world as whatever it is, then anyone who goes against you is the enemy. And you don't want to feel like you're stupid or that you're wrong. You don't want this to be wrong now because it's become so much a part of who you are. So you'll fight the other outwardly and in every way possible. You don't want to listen to reason or ration. Because that might put a kink in your belief system, and then it would all fall apart. And then who would you be? You'd be that horrible person, that, feel, that person that you wanted to get away from so much. So that's, that's how it works. That is an excellent answer. <laughs> that
0: is it right there. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And you started to mention the circular thinking, and it's something that I came across this morning as I was looking at some of your work. Um, I have it down in my notes, actually, to, to ask you about that. Yeah. Um, I identify with that so much uh, because I would, through the years that I was in my group, um, I would, I had doubts and I would say, but wait a minute, let me just start over. This is, I know, like, it's a pivotal point. Okay, this is true. And if that's true, then this. And if this, then that. And, and that's how I, I would reason and say, well, okay, so then this has to be. Uh, and that kept me there amongst the, many of the things, other things that you talked about. So talk about the circular thinking and maybe, I don't know, is that what the groups are using or is that what we're naturally drawn to? Talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, it it's a way to push other things aside. So, yeah, anytime okay. doubts come up, it comes back to, for instance, as a personal note, when I was in the group that I was in, the Moonies, I I saw lots of things in the organization that I didn't agree with and or that I thought were not in alignment with the belief system and that people in leadership were acting in ways that didn't necessarily align with what they were saying. And so you know, it would cause doubt and I would but then I would go back to yeah, but he is the Son of God. and I can't question that because it must just be my thinking or it must just be that these people are just human beings, but definitely he is the Son of God. And so this must all be true and I must just I need to have more faith, I need to pray harder. I, I'm this is my humanness, this is Satan invading. those are words that we used in my organization. So anytime there was any doubt, Or questioning, it would be because Satan invaded. So your brain just goes around and rationalizes and puts you back in. So you can never really question. Questioning is wrong. If you question, then the whole thing might fall apart. If you question, you're really questioning God or the truth. And how could you do that? You're too stupid to know what. God is thinking. You're just a human. Or or like in some of the cults, like, I don't know if you know about Nexium, Keith Ranieri, he was, um, all these women were getting branded with his initials. And there were a lot of movie star types. He's in prison now for racketeering. But these were smart, beautiful women, mostly, that got involved. Not all women. But they were, you know, struggling in the, m- many people in the movie industry. And they really believed he was the smartest man on earth and that he could, and these workshops that cost lots of money and eventually took their whole lives were the most important thing in the world. And soon the world would know that Keith Ranieri was the smartest man in the world and everybody would get on board. And so it can happen in so many different environments. So
0: true. Again, just so true that, that, um, Kind of way that you get sucked in. I uh, like the way you describe the putting the person down and building them up, and the build-up phase is only through this organization or this person if it's a person, and that kind of builds up like a trauma bond, maybe um, something of that sort, and to trust there. Just you know, you, you start to just think that you kind of can't do stuff, you kind of can't think for yourself, and I think I think maybe. Um, a warning sign would be any group that doesn't encourage free thinking, free thought. Uh, but that's a tricky. Thought.
1: that's, a, that's a, a tricky one though, because they will say okay. that they do.
0: <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> they I totally will... agree with that. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of the people that are buying into the conspiracy theories and becoming really radicalized with um, the things they're reading, um, will say that they're doing research, but especially with the onset of technology and how algorithms pushing information towards people, they're getting, they're being fed the same information and they think they're doing research and that it's valid, but what's being pushed at that is just more and more of the same. So they're not really doing research, but they think they are. And so it's really a a challenge. I think though, one of the one of the trademarks about it uh, that's, that is, I think, probably more what you're talking about really is that is that you give up yourself. Uh, what you trade, yes. you, you trade your identity. You, just, you yes. give up your identity to be part of this, to be part of this thing that's happening that makes you feel powerful. And that's why it's an identity crisis when you leave. And so when... It's asking you to believe completely, to take on this worldview and to believe that there's this evil them out there and that the only truth is within this organization. So anything that, yes. that is, is, makes, makes it such that it's not okay really to question this organization, the belief system, you may think you're doing research, but it's all just to prove that this is true. You, you, you don't want it to not be true because of the identity crisis you'll have to go through. That is,
0: that is key. And that is big. And I went through that at age 48 (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I believe. I don't know who I am. I have been dictated to for 30 years and, you know, starting at still where my frontal cortex was not fully developed. And, um, Thankfully, I was old enough to where I had some skill sets, you know, um, but I totally identify uh, with that feeling of who am I and the lack of identity there, and with the group, um, there's something I I, I I just forgot I was going to mention, but with the group um, taking all the identity oh so for me, um, I wanted to do the right thing, and that's the other thing that a lot of these groups. Lead with, is that this is the right thing to do? I wasn't necessarily cut out to be in a group that was conservative. Trust me, you know. I, I in fact, being in that group probably saved me a world of hurt. To be honest with you, you know. Um, so it's kind of a lesser of two evils. I know, I know for what me. you're talking
1: about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. When I read your book, I was like, Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. You know, so so I am grateful. I, I try to be grateful for what it did provide, you know, for me. Because, you know, honestly, if any group didn't have some truth in it and some good things in it, you know, That's nobody right. would go to it. Right. <laughs> right? So I took those things away. But for me, I just wanted to do the right thing. It wasn't about, um, I forget what some of the things you just mentioned earlier, but it really wasn't about that for me. To me, it was, okay, I'm going to do the right thing, you know, yeah. and I'm going to, you know, lead my quote, leave my body as a slave and pummel it, you know, and, uh, do the right thing. And any day now I'm. it's going to be, this hard part's going to be over and the rewards are coming, you know, that was the kind of the, the mantra and, you know, a decade went by and I'm like, and then two decades went by and I was like, um, yeah, I'm not feeling this anymore, you know, but then cognitive dissonance was something that I had to grapple with and I think yeah. is, is. Real big with a lot of people then I had then I well there was the other issue too is I have family that's still in the group, but um, Cognitive dissonance will keep you in a group uh, For a very long time or if not your whole life. Yeah, and there's some very smart Intelligent people that are still in these groups, and I'm just like can't you see it? And that's when I learned about how strong cognitive dissonance is so let's talk about that a little bit and what you know about that and what you've experienced
1: well, the thing is, it's cognitive dissonance is when it, the, your reality doesn't jive with another the, the rest of the world, basically. And so, for instance, I kind of walked out of the group, but I was still completely committed to I still yeah. believe Sun Min, Min was the second coming of Christ and that I was a disciple. Yeah. I just thought that I could maybe serve God better if I just got some education. And so I tried, they finally, because I was kind of becoming a rebel in the group, let me go to school. But I was still a total believer. And living in the world, trying to be in, in a school environment was so difficult for me because what was, what I, my belief system, when I believed about the world, didn't jive with reality. And so it feels so uncomfortable to live in a world that doesn't go along with your worldview. But you jump back in to where it's more comfortable because now there's not that that feeling of disconnection, that feeling that I don't belong here. This isn't right. I and so it, it's really hard to to have that kind of dissidence. To it it's a really very uncomfortable place to be. And and so we just normally would go look for something that's more comfortable.
0: Yeah people want to be as comfortable as possible because, you know, it's hard to walk around in in this world and have all these feelings and these disconnects. And I went through a few years where, and I just walked away myself. I wasn't, you know, nobody helped me necessarily. I just knew at that point, but I had the same experience where I just thought I couldn't do it. I I still thought it was true that we called it the truth. I just thought I was bad and I couldn't do it. And I just gave up. I said, fine, I can't do it. You know, whatever happens happens. And then I realized years later, that oh my gosh, yeah, not true. So,
1: well, um, one thing I, I wanted to speak to is that it's the thing that you, like I say, you trade in your your identity for this. You give up your identity to become part of this, and when you leave, you have to grapple with complexity. It actually feels better to be in a controlling group on one level because you. You don't have to grapple with complexity. The world is black and white. You don't have to think hard about anything. You just have to follow. You just have to be obedient. You just have to wear the right clothes, listen to the right music, do the, everything has to be within the context of, of this, this worldview and this belief system and this group. And so, as long as you do that, you, you almost, it, it's almost like you revert back to a child you aren't using your your full brain you're not really grappling and so when you leave you have to grapple with complexity you have to it's not easy in this world especially with the internet you don't know who to trust it's hard to know what news sources to believe in you know to believe are factual it's it's hard to to question and to think, well, I want to figure this out for myself and I'm going to have to dig deeper and to leave your mind open to the possibility that you could be wrong about what you about your assumptions that you've made just yesterday. And so that lifelong process of grappling and being willing to be challenged and to have to think hard, it's harder. But what you get is yourself. Yes. You get to be yourself. You get freedom. A lot of t- times when I would, Work with someone who is leaving, and they realized what had happened. And they like this whole program is called deprogramming. And so, when someone is has that realization that they that this can't be true, I this whole thing was a lie, and they decide they want to leave. It's there's a sense of amazing freedom that a person gets to feel. It's like this. It's a crisis, it's an identity crisis, and it's a horrible feeling on one level, but then there's this incredible freedom. I actually get to be myself now. I get to decide what I believe. I get to be my own person. And so, and once you go through that process of having that taken away from you and you understand how it happened and why it happened, that is something you can hold and cherish and be proud of. For the rest of your life there may be times you'll still struggle with all kinds of things but that sense of self that you have the freedom to be be who you are is something that most likely won't be taken away from you again not in that way
0: i totally agree in fact i did want to mention that um, as i had this down as a question um, and i have it written down so i won't forget but i wanted to um Mention uh, or comment on on what you just mentioned there with the freedom. Oh my gosh There was such free well, be- maybe for me being in there so long I was like, oh my gosh I can do this and I can do that and I can wear this and I can pierce my nose and I can you know All these things that that I wanted to do that were simple, you know That were expressing who I was or maybe go through phases, you know, that I hadn't gone through before Um it was for who I am. Uh, I, I'm just a wild. I, I would have been backpacking and you know, all over the world and saving trees. And, you know, I would have been, that's who I would have been, you know. But I, I now describe my experience as being I was very sheltered. My whole young adulthood, I was very sheltered from the world. And you, you you made the mention of the world when you talked about college. And that's the same vernacular we used is out in the world. Like we have us here. And then it's them out in the world and how that was difficult. And um, that was very difficult uh, as well. Now the question I had written down was how high are the risks for jumping from one control group to another without a person that hasn't really deprogrammed? And maybe we can get into deprogramming a little bit, you know, with that question. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah um, you're very vulnerable. When you first leave and you go, you have, you know, we've started this conversation talking about psychological pain and feeling like you don't know who you are. You don't know where you belong. You don't have a community, a belief system. You're scared, maybe about the world or your life, those uncomfortable feelings. And so then you join this group or whatever a belief system and that becomes who you are. And then you realize it's a lie. And, so when that gets taken away, you're like a fish out of water and so you're very vulnerable again. There's, um, people call it cult hopping, it, when a lot of times people will jump from one to another to another because they're still looking to fill that void they feel. They still want community, they still want to feel self-righteous, they want to feel like they understand the world in a way that is better, and you know, than most people. You, you know, you get used to that feeling that I know better than the rest of the world because I'm part of this group. If they only could understand, then they would be part of this elite group of people who really understand the world. And so when that gets taken away, you, you feel kind of uh, like alone and you don't know who you are. So you're very vulnerable. And so that, that's why one of the most important important Things you can do is rebuild that internal structure for yourself about who you are, and that takes sometimes years of counseling or years of work to really feel strongly about who you are and to start to trust yourself and your ability to do that grappling with a complex world and to really look hard instead of just making assumptions and to not grab the first thing that makes you feel better, but to to trust more that you will find what's best for you you just need to do the work that kind of thing so it's it's a process the healing process does take time and you are very vulnerable when you first leave to being taken advantage of again unless you really understand what happened to you and so you really understand it and so that's why it's so important and why i focus so much on psychological manipulation and. It's okay. I'd like to talk a little bit about the nonprofit and what we're doing and why. Yes, please. Um, so, because of the process of being in a cult, being deprogrammed, being a deprogrammer, speaking about it so much, being an educator about it, and I started to see that this isn't just religious cults. This this happens throughout all kinds of um, demographics and could happen to anyone in a lot of different situations, like we talked about earlier. And so that's when I did the own your brain thing. I started talking to former members of a whole variety of different types of, of groups and such. And, but then, and a lot of colleagues and people began to speak with me about starting a nonprofit because I started to realize that this is a public health issue, that, that, and by public health issue think about tobacco for instance that there was a public health approach to tobacco and much education and people began to understand that tobacco causes cancer that was because of a public health approach and so i really feel that we need a public health approach to psychological manipulation and so in a public health approach there's pillars and one of the pillars is research and policy kind of things. For instance, maybe Facebook should have some kind of guardrails around it and have, have transparency about how they push information at people. Those are kind of policy-driven things that recognizes the harm of psychological manipulation and policies are, are created for that. And then there's direct services, like helping people that have been directly affected. And so my organization, we have hundreds of people that have been coming in saying that they have a loved one who's been radicalized so we're creating workshops for those loved ones so that they can have more effective conversations and they understand what happened they don't just think their loved one is stupid and got pulled into this stupid conspiracy theory they understand what psychological manipulation is now and they can have more empathy and they can be kinder and they can have more effective conversations and they can help them understand that they've been lied to and taken advantage of so That's that's the direct services part. And then people who are leaving need support groups. They sometimes people need help figuring out what to put on their resume. When I came out of being in a cult for five years, what was I going to put on my resume? I was in a cult. You know, I mean, people need a lot of support when they're putting their life back together, especially if they've been in for a long and extended period of time and they've been really harmed by it. So creating services for people in this arena is really important. And then in the middle is a huge section and that's education to help people understand in a language that they can identify with and at a level that they can identify with what this is and how they can be more resilient against it and learn to recognize when someone's trying to take advantage of them on a psychological level. And so that those people who are trying to do this authoritarian leaders, cult leaders, abusers won't have as much power because people will be able to identify them sooner and will recognize the trickery behind it.
0: That is very insightful. Thank you so much for that explanation. It makes so much sense. And, you know, maybe we can close out with talking about what, how people can recognize these things in them. We've talked about it a little bit, but let's just like encapsulate it for the audience um because you know we are talking about some obvious groups and some not so obvious groups so let's um dive into just a little bit a surface uh, on how people can recognize this in themselves and then what do they do how do they get help maybe you can talk about your organization with that as
1: well yeah um usually the people who come for help are loved ones that's usually the door in it's almost always someone who sees a drastic change in a person that they care about. And they are really worried about it. And they all of a sudden, that's all this person talks about. All of a sudden, they changed. It seems like they've become a whole different person. So those are some of the red flags that somebody that you love And Care about it has maybe fallen prey to this and that it's time to educate yourself about what psychological manipulation is and to try to Prepare for those difficult conversations that you might have with them about the possibility They've been lied to and really get your heart and soul into the right place so that you're not judging them But you have empathy toward them and understand that they're being taken advantage of for yourself If it looks too good to be true if it seems like all of a sudden I feel so much better there's a good chance and especially if they one of the hallmarks that you can really watch for is when there's an us versus them mentality that's being pushed at you when all of a sudden there's this feeling of self-righteousness we're the ones that know better than the whole world Um, and anyone who doesn't get this is stupid or wrong or evil that's a real hallmark that you have found yourself in a group that is using these tactics of control to take advantage of you and to basically enslave you. And so the, the thing to watch for is when someone thinks they know what's better for you about your own life. That's a real hallmark. And, and then that us versus them is another really important thing to watch for when suddenly everything feels so much better if you just give up your identity that's the thing to recognize in yourself that yeah this feels better and it feels good to feel like i have all the answers to life but life is hard there's a lot of gray you really have to grapple i'm sorry but it is that way and so if it's too easy too too good to be true and they want you to give your whole life to this then there's that danger that you're basically being enslaved by this
0: good awesome awesome answer and so if anyone wanted support they could go to your antidote.ngo NGO um, website and get more information there and learn more about uh, what you guys are doing over there there's a whole list on the board of the direct board of directors there and um, just starting there I think it's a great is a great place
1: yeah we're, we'll do everything we can to help you
0: okay thank you so much for being with me with with being here with me today I really appreciate it your time. And um, I just have such respect for you for um, you know, doing what you're doing now and uh, you know, revisiting really your experience because you, 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 you were in that so long ago and then you did the deep, deep programming for five years and then you 20 years later thought, hey, why did this happen? And, and there's such a need for it. So I really appreciate your time, Diane, and I wish you the best.
1: And you too. And congratulations on your journey I know it's it hasn't been easy for you and that you're turning it around and trying to help others. I really appreciate what you're doing as well. Thank you so much. All right.
0: You've been listening to Deprogramming with host Terry Lynn. To connect to Terry or to check out our other shows, head to lifesource.global. And don't forget, hit the like, subscribe, and share buttons. This show has been brought to you by Source Light Productions.